Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renter insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Thank goodness 2020 is finally behind us. Unfortunately, a lot of us put Christmas on a credit card and those bills, well, they're still in front of us. Here's a pro tip for you. Don't make a new year's resolution to save money. Just head over to SaveWithConrad.com right now. We make saving money fast and easy. Just ask Benji in Louisiana. He left us a five-star review and wrote, why did I wait so long? Process was very easy. No hard sell. Signed closing documents at my kitchen table. What about Jared up in Beeville, Texas? He says this was a quick and easy process. First family was very helpful and easy to communicate with. They always got back to me in a timely manner. I would recommend first family to anyone. What about William in Gallatin, Tennessee? He says it was great working with Jimmy and the rest of Conrad's staff at first family. Who knew listening to grilling JR and something to wrestle could save me over 130 grand and seven years off of my loan with almost no increase in payment. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Here's the thing. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. We're licensed in more than 40 states. So what are you waiting for? If you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. Find out right now for free. Keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com right now. Steven's brand new deep navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dip twinkle twinkle rose is here. But time is already running out because the brand new color sells out each year. Don't miss out. Imagine on Valentine's Day when she opens this really cool gift box and outslides a blue rose trimmed in gold. You know, blue, the color of the sky just before the sun sets, and you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky. It's breathtaking. Go now to see this real 24 karat gold rose deeply dipped in real pure 24 karat gold with petals in this unique and dazzling blue color that mimics the stars in the sky. Exclusively available at Steven Singer Jewelers. Real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24 karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's Day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and ships fast and free to the real love of your life, your wife, your daughter, your sweetheart, and say, I'm lucky to have you in my life. Check out the entire collection of Steven's famous roses. Roses started only $59. Go right now to I hate Steven singer.com. That's I hate Steven singer.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself, the founder of the Four Horsemen, Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Well, I tell you what, if you don't mind, and our family don't mind, which is our audience. Yes, sir. I like to take just a few minutes on the front end here and uh, before we have some fun. Yeah, let's and do talk it. Talk about a couple serious things. Okay. Uh, as we know, this pandemic 
has uh, not resolved itself. It's not being resolved. There's a thousand, still a thousand issues. Now there's a different strain and there's issues distributing the vaccine and all the things that are out of our control. And, uh, you know, I've last few weeks, I've found out a few things personally. I found out there's such thing as a negative positive test and a positive negative test. And you can have several tests in a row that are all negative, which I did. And, uh, I mean, overkill like every other day because I got really, really sick a couple weeks ago for about uh, 10 days. And thank God it was during the, the period that we were off at AEW and I, I wasn't exposed to anybody and uh, quarantined in my house. But, buddy, I'm just telling you, I know the uh, uh, symptoms vary hugely from person to person and age group. But let me tell you, I got sick as hell. It scared me to death. I was in the bed for probably uh, a week. Wow. Couldn't drink anything, couldn't eat anything. I was hallucinating. I was looking at my ceiling and I saw ice forming on my seat on the ceiling. So, uh, had us one day there for a minute where I was couldn't catch my breath. And it was a lot of things I had never experienced in my life that just scared me to death. So what I want to do is just reiterate to everybody out there, guys, this thing is bad. It's really bad, and it varies from person to person. We have not by a 1,000% turned the corner, and this getting better. If, if anything, we're going into that peak season, and we haven't even started talking about flu and all that. So I'm begging you, as a member of our family, tell everybody you know, wear the mask, do the social distancing, just take care of your health in general. Try not to get a cold. Try not to get the flu. You know, if you don't have to go somewhere, don't go. And I know there's a huge, huge hangover in this country with all of our uh, nurses and doctors and volunteers and police officers and you name it. Everybody that's out there on the front line, man, have been pulling 80, 90, I'm sure, 100-hour shifts. You know, so do something for those people. Do something nice for a stranger. Do something nice for a family member. If you can afford to make a, a house payment for them or a car payment or, you know, take them grocery shopping. We are in a situation here that's unprecedented. And if we don't look after each other as citizens, it's not going to get done. So, you know, I know this is strong. I don't want anybody to get down. This is not meant, this show is meant to just have some fun. But if we don't stop and pause and realize we got to fix this ourselves, I don't know. But I experienced it firsthand um, when I went back to work just to button the story up, my, my test that you always get with AEW before you can enter anywhere. You can't, you know, you don't even need to go to your hotel room. You fly in, go, you know, get a test. The one that I had this coming, this past, excuse me, this past Wednesday morning, all of a sudden I had the antibodies for having COVID, which meant I had had it, but at no point did I test positive for it. Mm. So what was going on in my bedroom for a week 
was absolutely COVID and it, it was brutal and it was, I mean, it was hard to deal with. It was all I could do. Uh, you know, you go days without drinking, uh, water hardly cause you can't get it down and you go week, you know, go a week without food stuff. So all I'm asking is let's do some common sense things, but go the extra mile for those of us that can do it, do something nice for a stranger, do something nice for a family member, do something nice for a friend and let's get this thing knocked out. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Arn, you know, we, um, we all know somebody who's been affected in a major way. And and I had somebody that I've worked with for a long time, more than 10 years, uh, pass away this past weekend from COVID. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, at, at this point, you know, we haven't talked about it on, on all the shows, but, uh, my mom and dad had it. My sister had it. Um, we think Megan had it. She never tested positive, but she too has the antibodies similar deal to you. Uh, our daughter Morgan got it somehow my, our daughter, Kansas avoided it. Uh, I never tested positive, but dude, it's, it's been rough. It's affected everybody at this point and we've got to try to stick together and, and take care of each other. So that's a great message from you to, to get us going today. And we're glad that you, uh, you got the shoulder up and you're back with us today. Well, me too. And, uh, like I said, we're supposed to entertain and kind of take people's thoughts off of anything negative today. But I just felt in a big way, you know, that we, we got to fix this. And it was just, I see it, you know, wherever, you, wherever you go daily or, you know, here and there, you just can kind of get this feeling that people are, look, okay, it's, we're in a new year now, Christmas is done, all these other things are done, you know, it's, it's maybe we're around the corner. We can take our foot, you know, off the pedal. No, sir. Put your foot on the pedal and let's, let's get this thing resolved. Great message. Um, I don't know how to transition from that into talking about wrestling, but that's what we're going to try to do. We're trying to be a distraction for you, but that is a necessary message to start our show today. And I appreciate you being so open and honest. It feels like a lot of times people want to play that stuff close to the vest, but you have a platform and you have a voice and, and you shared it for good today. So, uh, kudos to you on that. Uh, we're right up against the Royal rumble. It's this weekend. Uh, I know you don't uh, watch as religiously as maybe some of our listeners do, but you want to make an early prediction. Who do you think's coming out with their hand raised this Sunday at the Royal rumble? Wow. You know, rumble's always an exciting show because there's so many things that can happen during the course of an hour plus match. Um, gosh, you would, you know, and I, and you know, I, I, I'll just go there. You know, it's how do you not count Brock Lesnar as the number one mm. contender? Wow. I mean, to even skip over him, how do you do that? Right. You would be foolish if you look back on it and said, okay, he wasn't my first choice because I mean, he's the guy and I have no idea what his contract situation is, but he's the guy that's always looming yep. in the, in the, in the dark that, you know, he's the boogeyman, the real one. So yeah, that would be my pick. I, uh, I'm going to be, uh, going a different direction. I want it to be Daniel Bryan. We'll see how it goes. Cool. Well, let's talk about a Royal rumble though. The 2016 Royal rumble, uh, according to the fans, this was one of the best ones ever. It went down January 24th, 2016, five long years ago. Uh, probably feels like yesterday for a lot of us, but boy, COVID, uh, I think that's got all of our timetables a little out of whack, 
This one, believe it or not, happened at the Amway Center in Orlando. What are the odds of that? Uh, they announced the crowd at 15,170 fans. The real number is just under 12,000. According to Dave Meltzer, it was an immediate sellout though. Uh, but they opened up some extra tickets, uh, once the production kills were done. So just to give you a heads up, they sort of map out, here's where we're going to put our cameras and here's where we're going to put our banners and you won't be able to see around that stuff. So let's not sell those tickets. And then they actually get to the building, set all that stuff up and realize, well, wait a minute, there's a few here and a few there that we can release. So it may have looked like, Hey, it was sold out. And then at the very last minute, there's some new tickets that pop up. And, uh, I think that's probably been a pleasant surprise for a lot of fans over the years, right? Arn, they think they can't come. And then all of a sudden here's a spot at the last minute. And they're glad to get them. Yeah. And why, why wouldn't they be, uh, you know, you get up there and you get your equipment set up and you go, Hey, well, here's a gaping place. We can put 30 seats or 20 seats or open up something. And you know, these, that's actually a pretty good look. They can see everything well, and it's, yeah, if you're, if you really want to go and feel like you've been disappointed, you know, that would be a huge thrill to go. Okay. Suddenly 50 tickets popped up. If you want them, you better grab them. They tried something new, new logo for the Royal rumble in 2016. Uh, they did like a Roman Coliseum style theme with the columns. And there's another idea here. It's one versus all the idea being Roman reigns is going to defend his world title in the rumble. Coming in at number one, it had never been done before. What'd you think about this little twist on the Royal rumble? We're going to have our champion start two things. Um, uh, I get where they're going with that. I do always, always love new and firsts, you know, you can't have a second shot at doing a first, but one of the one of the big things with Roman that turned the audience against him was shoving him too hard. Yep. And I've thought about this, and you know, the last day or two, and you know, it's that same thing when you say, "Hey, here's your your, your top baby face," and he's basically declaring because when you announce that, you know, it's it's Roman against the world. People felt like it came from Roman and that's kind of a little bit of a, a real hard shove. It's a little bit pompous and it's right off of the get go, just setting Roman up in the crosshairs to be pushed too hard. And our audience always sniffs that out. That's a little bit of the feel that I got from the pre-match setup. Hey, real quick. want to do a bit of a PSA here. We have all made some new year's resolutions this year. I'm no different. And if you're like me, one of your new year's resolutions is to find a way to save more money in the new year. And, uh, I have a good money guy. I want to give you a pro tip. He's a friend of mine, friend of ours. Uh, he's doing a lot of work for not just me, but Bruce. And, uh, of course the group chat guys know him. And I've had so many listeners say the great friend of the show, Lenny Bakken is their new money guy. Uh, he's a listener of the show, just like you, but, uh, I wanted to just do a little quick PSA right here at the first of the year, because I know saving money is a big part of what a lot of people are doing for the new year's resolution. You've heard Aaron tell the famous story here on the show. He had a money guy, even way back when he retired, he told that story about being in the bed and being in severe pain after that neck surgery and thinking, this is it, man. I just can't keep on. Let's get the money guy in here. Uh, because when it comes to life or death or retirement, long-term planning, 
and you don't want to be on your own in that circumstance. You need a money guy. Well, man, check out my bud, Lenny Bakken. He's the dude. He's on social media. You can find him. L-E-N-N-Y and Bakken. Come on. B-A-K-K-E-N. Anyway, there's your pro tip for the week. You need a good money guy. Mine, Lenny Bakken. Wrestling fan just like you. Let's talk about uh, the network here. This is the era of the WWE network, but we still have a surprising number of folks who aren't subscribers and buy the pay-per-view the old fashioned way. In fact, 91,000 people bought this pay-per-view and aren't, it's kind of interesting that you and I are recording, uh, right now, uh, it's the morning of the 25th and the news has just broken that the WWE network is going to now be part of the NBC platform Peacock. Uh, it looks like it's a billion dollar deal over five years. Lots of people have questions. I'm sure we'll get some answers as the story evolves, but were you surprised to hear the news this morning that, I mean, this has been paramount for the company in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and now in 21, we're folding the dang thing. Well, to be honest with you, I'm behind on that. I uh, haven't gotten to the news yet. Uh, that is absolutely huge news. Now, will, will that fall on when we're talking NBC platform? Is this like NBC, NBC? Yeah, NBC, NBC. They have a streaming service called Peacock. It's like their version of Netflix or whatever, an app where you can catch some of their content and they're trying to do original programming there like they did a little saved by the bell reboot, but the number, man, when you look at the number of what fans had been paying per month and what their U S subscriber base was, and then you see how much NBC is going to be paying for this. A lot of fans this morning are worried. Does that mean we're going to have to pay for pay-per-view again? And I'm sure some of those answers will be revealed in the coming days, but it's a major departure, but it's a billion dollars, uh, which is probably going to be good for the bottom line, but Remains to be seen for everybody else, I suppose. Well, it's going to be that. It's going to be that same question. That you know, that was great when we, you know, cranked up the network, and uh, you lost a lot of pay per view buys at fifty nine ninety five. Don't the ones that got hurt were the talent themselves, and I'm wondering is this going to be a similar deal to where, you know, who's going to benefit from that? that huge chunk of money they get from NBC. If it gets spread around all, to the talent and everybody that works there, then that's a, it's a wonderful thing. But if it just goes into the company and, and, uh, th- the talent doesn't get a dime of that. Well, now you got something else. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds, but, uh, I'm with you. I hope it means it's better for everybody. Let's talk about where the company was here in 2016 and the most recent earnings report leading up to this event which would have been the uh, fourth quarter numbers. It showed that 1.41 million subscribers paid for the network. And, um, the number is 14% better than it was the prior year in 2015 revenue also increased 17%, uh, from, uh, it's up to 194, $194.9 million as compared to the prior year's quarter. Uh, they have a net income of that quarter of 8 million. So business is a booming. Let's talk about some other things here going on behind the scenes at press time. John Cena confirmed he'll be undergoing shoulder surgery on January 7th. The injury is believed to be either a torn labrum or a torn rotator cuff. We've been told from both of those within the company 
This comes shortly after frequent training partner Cesaro had recent surgery for a torn rotator cuff. If this continues a large number of shoulder injuries and surgeries in the WWE over the last year. So lots to unpack here. What's going on with all these guys having shoulder surgery. Is it just too heavy lifting? Is it taking some risky bumps? Uh, what did you chalk up this uh, rash of shoulder surgeries to? Well, it's a common, it's a common, uh, injury shoulder. Number one guys have got to be in that gym, you know, five days a week minimum, I would say pressing heavy to keep their size, to keep their physique. Pressing is a large part of that. Uh, when you take a bump over the top, if you weigh 250 pounds and you're grabbing that top rope to try to break that fall and go over the top, you are putting a lot of pressure on your shoulder. Uh, landing out the, on a floor that does not give, it's padded a little bit, but you know, there are so many things that just lend itself to a shoulder injury. It just happens to be one of those common things. It's like, you know, knee injuries in football. You know, now you're seeing guys banging their head on, you know, on that turf real hard. And the, for whatever reason, the number of uh, concussions has went up. But for our business, shoulders have always been a, a normal Every day, almost expected injury. Everybody's had one or two or three or depending on how long you've been in the business. This is probably the worst time of year to, to go down with an injury too. Cause not only will you miss the rumble, but you're going to miss WrestleMania. Uh, you're tight with John. Was that, um, something he was even focused about or was it really at this point, non-negotiable? He's got to have the surgery. For him to have the surgery and say he's got to have the surgery with his work ethic and, uh, you know, it's, that means he has to have it. It means he's in plenty of pain. He can't train all those things that just tell you, Hey, I got to pause this. It's not a question of manning up or, or, okay, let's just fight through this. When a guy like that, you know, and a lot of talent in this business have a strong work ethic, uh, John's one of them for him to be, you know, saying, I got to have it now. It means he has to have it now. Right. It was in the observer that, uh, the original plan when Seth Rollins went down with a knee injury was that Roman Reigns was going to defend the U the WWE title against John Cena. But of course, uh, everybody's worried. What's this going to be as a reminder, it wound up being Hunter taking that spot. Hunter and Roman would main event WrestleMania that year. Let's also talk about the other big news though. Uh, new Japan pro wrestling. They have their version of WrestleMania wrestle kingdom every January. And the biggest story coming out of it was not the phenomenal matches, but the mass exodus Shinsuke Nakamura, who had been the intercontinental champion over there, uh, as well as the top foreign talent, AJ styles and his pals, Carl Anderson and doc gallows all gave notice and they're headed to the WWE. Of course, we know AJ is going to debut here. Was AJ on your radar before he showed up in WWE? I don't think you guys had worked together very much. I know he was there for a cup of coffee at the end of WCW, but he had been a, a prominent star, not only in new Japan, but in TNA for gosh, over a decade. Were you watching any of the TNA stuff and keeping up with AJ or is, is that not re really something you oh, were doing? Oh, hell yeah. You'll remember this conversation. You and I talked about on one of the shows. If you remember, I sat John down and we were, I don't remember the year. I don't remember the month. I don't remember the date, 
but uh, I could just feel that things were getting a little stale. Uh, WWE needed a little influx of not just bodies and people coming from NXT, no knock on that, but uh, seasoned veterans, people that were considered stars. And I sat John down. I said, you know, John, there's some, there's some guys with, with the other company that we could steal and blend in to work with you. And my conversation was that it was Bobby Roode, Cowboy, and AJ Styles. Remember mm-hmm. that conversation I we do. had? I do. And I said, man, these guys can go. I'm talking about top shelf performers, and they will freshen everything up. And he looked me right in the eye, and and at this time, John had 100% stroke power. It was his call on everything to do with him. He went, why would we want those guys on? We make our own stars. So, yes, he was on my radar. You know, he is – AJ Styles is one of those rare talents that only comes along every 20 years or so that can just do it all. Yeah. And I knew that then I know that now, you know, it'll be the same thing barring injury a year from now. So yes, definitely on my radar. And I was pushing for the three of those guys. I got to tell you the, uh, the idea that he could have just shown up and it been a genuine surprise would have been phenomenal. And I know that was the original idea. Uh, I think they had, uh, Alberto Del Rio show up when he was champion of triple A to take on John Cena back in October. And that was a huge surprise, but this is not going to be a surprise because the rumor mill is leaking and everybody knows they've put in notice to new Japan. And it just makes sense. If they're leaving new Japan, where are they going? And here they come. Uh, it, it, the story builds so much that they even start to acknowledge it on the WWE website where triple H declines to comment on the story as opposed to denying it. Uh, but still it's going to be quite a moment and we're going to talk about it here shortly. Some other news here in the observer, uh, that, uh, the former Mason Ryan, who was with the company from 09 to 14 had joined Cirque du Soleil as the chief archer of the shows. And uh, it's going to be happening at MGM grand in Las Vegas. He's a huge bodybuilder from Wales, uh, who started wrestling over there. And then obviously came over here and had a little run with the company, but Cirque du Soleil, that's not something I ever thought would be an afterlife for a WWE performer, but it's athleticism and entertainment. So it makes sense, I guess. Well, Hey, what a nice place to land. You know, I would suggest, uh, that's a six figure income. Yeah. Living in Vegas probably don't suck. Uh, you know, getting to go out and perform in front of a different audience every single night probably doesn't suck. And you know what? He was one of those guys that passes through the business that was probably too nice to be in the business. The guy looked incredible, yeah. handsome, Credible physique, uh, you know, and just a nice person. And uh, I traveled with him quite a bit. Him and if you remember Percy Percy Watson, I believe, who was uh, another guy that was a uh, you know brought up from the school and candidate and got a crack at it. Didn't quite make it, but the thing about it is, like too many times, guys will get pulled up way too soon and they get thrown on TV way too soon. And if it isn't really something that has been catered to them, have them nurtured, have them, you know, hold their hand, 
every step of the way, but when guys get thrown on TV too soon, our audience are very, very aware of what they're seeing and they form opinions and you come on TV the first or, or second time and you're not ready. Our fans are pretty unforgiving and uh, they should expect us to have them ready before we put them on TV. Here's a guy that looked like a trillion dollars, looked as good as anybody, but he just got out there and was just too green. And here's the reality. You can look like me and go out and just be so-so and you might be forgiven by the audience because, you know, he doesn't look like, you know, Hercules. Maybe he's not Hercules. That makes sense. Sure. But when you look like that and you don't produce, man, you get thrown in the meat grinder. And I think that's what happened to Barry. I was glad that he landed on his feet in Vegas, got a nice gig and, uh, just one of the nice guys that where are they now, I guess is the topic. Yeah. It's uh it's cool to see guys succeed, you know, in life after wrestling. Um, and one of those guys who did that same thing, who succeeded after wrestling is sting. And it's come out that he's going to be the first inductee and likely the main eventer of the 2016 hall of fame ceremony. That's going to happen there at the American airlines center in Dallas. Sting's going to be inducted by Ric Flair, who of course was the career rival, who a lot of people think helped make him a star back at the very first clash of the champions. And Meltzer would say the induction makes sense given that Borden lives in the Dallas area and his career appears to be over since he needs neck surgery due to the spinal stenosis injuries that happened back in September at night of the champions sting though, in the hall of fame, well-deserved. No. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, he was a huge star. He was loyal to his company to the very end. And, uh, man, he he changed his look 360 degrees. I liked the blonde and the stinger look, you know, the first one loved it. Completely changed it to end of the crow, you know, the, the dark sting, uh, what an evolution as far as characters, but the guy, you know, Sean Michaels will always be given credit and should be for being loyal to his company uh, throughout the wars and all those things and temptations. I'm sure how many temptations Sting had to, to work here and there and for huge amounts of money. And, you know, the guy was very loyal. I was very, very happy to see him go in the Hall of Fame, and it was uh, justly rewarded. Yeah, very much so. Hey, yo, check this out. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. This has been researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. And Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine. that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with lozenge. You know, cough drop, bro has four milligrams of nicotine and cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor actually tastes great. I mean, you know, me, that's part of the deal. It's got to taste good. if I'm going to do it. Uh, it's convenient. It's discreet. These products can be enjoyed anywhere, whether you're on a flight or at work or even in the gym. And here's the thing, man, I get it. If you've got a loved one in your life, who's a smoker and I do in fact, once upon a time, my wife used to smoke. She doesn't now. And products like Lucy will help the loved one in your life. Kick the habit, baby. 
and it's 2021. It's time to get rid of your cigarettes, man. Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, get you some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This really is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down and our Arn listeners can go to lucy.co and use promo code Arn to get 20% off all their products, including the gum or the lozenges. That's lucy.co and use the promo code Arn at checkout. Also, I have to give you this disclaimer warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Duh. That's why we're here. Go to lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code ARN, A-R-N, lucy.co. Come on, man. Get with the programs 2021 throughout them SIGs. Go to lucy.co. Use our promo code ARN. Let's talk about somebody who's not going in the Hall of Fame, Mr. Brad Maddox. Meltzer would write, even though the show's supposed to be PG and Brad Maddox was recently fired for using the word prick in a promo, Vince McMahon on the January 4th Raw flipped off fans who were booing him and, uh, Dave would write, there will always be a different set of standards for the ruling class. What type of message does that send to everybody in the back when you're firing guys for saying the word prick, but then you're out there flipping off fans. There's two sets of rules. Yeah. There's rules for the average dude. I got a feeling that was not the only episode that had put heat on Brad. That seems a little far fetched that you would get fired if they had plans for you for using the word prick. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of other curse words had been used. Um, but there's always been two sets of standards. There's one for the ruling elite and there's one for the everyday guy. And when they choose to impose the one on the everyday guy, if it seems flimsy, it is flimsy and it's just an excuse to can a guy for something else that you're mad at him about. Here's a bit of a mystery uh, from your old home stomping grounds of Georgia. WWE canceled a show on January 29th in Albany, Georgia. The claim was it had nothing to do with ticket sales, but WWE hasn't run the city since 2012 and they made no attempt to reschedule the date and are instead refunding all the tickets. If the advance was good, they would have worked a new date into the schedule, but the WWE claims the cancellation was to give their performers time to rest. But the crew in Albany is still booked for shows the next two nights in Macon and Columbus. This is just the company trying to save face, right? Ticket sales were soft. Yeah, and, and I want to I want to try to remember this. There's something in the back of my mind. I think there was like a, a flash flooding incident hmm. that occurred. I'm not positive about this, but there's something in my memory about, okay, hey, that's kind of a little bit of a low, low laying deal there. Uh, I think they had some flash floods or something that, that caused it to be canceled, um, but don't hold me to that. But I can assure you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it wasn't because the talent was going to, they wanted to get them some rest. That would never be the case. <laughs> I love the, just even the tone of your voice. Some rest. That's great. Let me go ahead and just call it. That's bullshit. <laughs> Whoever threw that out there. Let's talk about, uh, the build for this event here. Uh, Meltzer would write with one week of TV left WWF or WWE rather has largely built the entire rumble show as Roman reigns against everyone. A 
As far as other matches go, the only thing announced is Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens in a last man standing match for the IC. Alberto and Kalisto have traded the U.S. title back and forth in one week. It doesn't make sense to do the match already set up by a Rumble match, but who knows? Charlotte versus Becky has been done a few times, but only once for the title, and now they're building for a return. On Raw, they had the Usos beat the New Day, so that should set up a tag title match. But it also appears the New Day will be in the Rumble as well, especially since the Kofi Kingston spot is a part now of the annual event. The Rumble will go head-to-head with the NFC Championship game on Fox, although with the push of it as a free event now for new viewers of the network and more viewers streaming, that isn't going to hurt it as bad as if it was the old prices of pay-per-view. Still, the build for this Rumble has been weak, and it's often not the case until the final week, but almost nobody is even talking about winning. The story isn't who wins, but is Reigns winning or not? This could make it a difficult match to lay out when the crowd's interest may be limited and thinking so few have a shot at winning. So Dave's pretty critical of the idea that, Hey, it's not about who's winning. It's now is, is Roman going to win or not? I kind of agree with that assessment. Let's say you. Well, yeah, you know, and Dave's right about that. He gets, he gets this for sure. Shove too hard. People spit you out. That's it. And so the Royal Rumble for me as a fan, and I am first and foremost a fan, uh, it makes all other things possible. It makes you able to be a creative guy where the business is concerned and, you know, to enjoy it more and, and look inside and see what's going on that the naked eye may not see. But the second you line Roman up against the entire company on a day that has been built the Royal Rumble, this is what it means to me. You can fill in the blanks, Conrad. Who are we going to see that we forgot was ever even in the business? What are the surprises going to be? Which guys are you going to choose to eliminate several guys and give a great accounting of themselves, maybe for the first time? That's a great platform to eliminate some guys. Uh when you have uh, the prize being as huge as it is, which is main eventing WrestleMania, everybody should be on their A game. If you were looking for a time to roll the dice, you know, and we always talk about things that are dangerous or risky or things that get thrown away. If there was a time to pull out the one that, hey, Somewhere down the road, I'm going to be in a position to put this in, and I'm going to moonsault to the, through both announce tables or whatever the deal would be. This would be a day that you would do it because you're – look at the prize. Uh, I feel like they put too much pressure on Roman by saying, okay, it's not about who's going to win the Rumble. It's can Roman survive? Can Roman win the Rumble? and going in first it's it's all those things that you're shoving this guy as hard as you can and uh i don't just i never know if you're you know when you shove a baby face that hard you have to wait and see the end result but uh i don't know i'm a little bit torn on the concept i like new i like fresh i like different but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the thing to do the big misstep to me, Arn, is scheduling the show to be head to head with the NFC championship. And I know that, you know, sometimes that's 
like this year, especially with COVID that was probably difficult to figure out. Uh, but it's probably not here. And I know that sometimes shit, you just got to do the pay-per-view and pick the lesser of whatever evils, but there's a whole lot of dudes who, if they had to pick between the NFC championship game or, or wrestling, they're probably going to lean towards football and just catch up tomorrow on raw. Right. Well, you'd think that, but you know what? Wrestling fans are, uh, they're pretty loyal. They really are. And then the, when you can DVR anything, you know, that makes it look different. There, there are people that will tape the football game and watch the wrestling event and then immediately go back and watch football. So it, uh, it, it seems foolish to book that knowing that we have largely a male audience and, you know, other than that, you have like, uh, males and that from 16 to 49 and all these variables that point towards a football audience. But, uh, who knows, who knows? Do you think, um, one of the big takeaways from this build is that pay-per-view now that it's on the network, it's not the priority it once was. I mean, once upon a time, there's no way they would have thrown out uh, a pay-per-view like this without having a full card announced, maybe not a full card, but you've at least got four or five or six different major feuds or matches lined up. Whereas here, not so much. And maybe it's because of the network. We, uh, we just sort of take for granted that fans are going to tune in and it's not as important to build the pay-per-view. Do you think that affected WWE in the network era? I, I never know what that, that small circle of inner circle people that are in that meeting that look at the support card, which is always important. Now the rumble match is what sells that pay-per-view. It's the only pay-per-view that I know that one match is your primary goal. It is your, what all the people are talking about and it will sell a pay-per-view. It takes four or five big matches on a normal pay-per-view to sell it and they need to be good and they need to be built properly and enough time put into the story that, that I care about that. And it's always floored me. You know, I've said this before too, uh, for nine 99, how can you go wrong? Right. I agree. You cannot screw up. Oh, you know, if, if WWE gave everybody a blank screen for nine 99, you really wouldn't be get screwing that bad. I mean, it's 10 bucks. It's one drive through Wendy's, right? Or whatever. No big deal. No, I wouldn't think so. Um, and it has amazed me also that, like you said, 91,000 buys and that's at full price. Yeah. That floors me too, but that, I kind of understand that, that not being a guy that's a technical wizard, everybody doesn't know how to get the network, right? Everybody doesn't know how to get hooked up to that and get it, get it rolling. And they wonder, okay, if I sign up for this, are they going to charge me for a year, no matter what, you know, or am I actually, is it the truth? You can go month to month and all those, all those questions. So, uh, it just seems like to me that, uh, this build was, was built around not only one match, but it was kind of even squeezed down and whittled down that it was really just about Roman. And and that's not fair to him. 
Let's get to the show, man. I'm so pumped to talk about this one with you. The readers of the observer gave it 84.6% thumbs up, only 5.1% thumbs down, 10.3% thumbs in the middle. Everybody thought the Ambrose Kevin Owens match was the very best match. They thought the four team match was the worst match. Uh, Meltzer said the, uh, as far as the main card went, the every match was good. And the Ambrose Owen match was very great. The rumble itself was one of the better ones in history. It was clear more work was, uh, more work than usual was done on the detail work. Usually there are dead periods in a match and uh, there's a peak for the bigger stars to enter here. It flowed the entire time, even with limited roster depth, there weren't that many throwaway entrants and, uh, everyone had something entertaining. So he was really, really proud uh, of the actual match itself. Let's get into the undercard. We start with J- uh, Mark Henry and Jack Swagger winning a four, four team match to determine who would get into the Royal rumble. They beat the Dudleys, Damian Sandow, Darren Young, and the Ascension. Uh, they go seven minutes and 57 seconds. Meltzer thought there wasn't much to this, but he did say that Sandow got a big reaction, even though it's been months since he's been featured. Let's talk about that for a minute. Sandow's one of those guys who I think got over in the office, wasn't ready for it. And then as you like to say, they cut his water off. What'd you think of Damian Sandow and how he was over and then nothing. Bingo. I can't say any better than you did. I was there for it. I saw it evolve when he was on the floor mimicking, uh, Miz and being his stunt double. He did such an incredibly surprisingly great job with that. It was so entertaining that that the office didn't get it over. Miz didn't get it over. Sandow got it over. And when you get over the old fashioned way with the audience, it sticks. And he just was so good at it. And it just came out of nowhere. You know, I was entertained by it. You know, it took me a a time or two to, to look at it and go, what am I seeing here? And then I saw how good it was and how the audience was buying into it. And I put it in that Santino Morella, uh, you know, envelope to where people who'd have thunk it just loved it. And and he, he really did. He did a great job with it. And even the fact that he wasn't pushed on TV, like he should have been, you know, him and him and Miz could have been a lot tighter and what their angle was and repercussions back and forth and Sandow get over on Miz a little bit. Miz had real heat and Sandow was over. You know, you just have to say it. He was just over. Now you got to put him on top at WrestleMania. No, but for his slot in the card, he got that character over and, uh, I for one enjoyed it. All right, boys and girls, check this out. It's time to talk about magic spoon. I'm pretty excited about this because growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but we had to give it up. Eventually we all realized it's full of sugar and junk. You probably shouldn't be eating. And a lot of us are trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food in the new year. And you're probably realizing, man, I can't really eat anything anymore. And healthy breakfast, well, it doesn't have to be boring. Thanks to Magic Spoon, you get all those amazing flavors you love, but without all the bad stuff. Uh, I want to mention Magic Spoon has zero, count them, zero sugar, uh, 11 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving. And many of you have asked if you could build your own custom variety box. And yes, you can. You can choose the best selling cocoa. You can also choose fruity. You can choose frosted. And they tell me 
can't believe this is real. Peanut peanut butter. It's coming next month. Uh, yeah, I think that's a real thing. I don't even know that I'm supposed to say that yet. Uh, oh, and by the way, cinnamon too, dude, come on. Peanut butter and cinnamon. Are you kidding? It's amazing. It's honestly too good to be true. It's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and it's GMO free. This has been a hit at my house. Uh, every time the box comes and the whole family's fighting over who gets first crack at it. Uh, but the great thing is you can uh, feel good about feeding this to your kids or yourself. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash ARN to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our special promo code ARN at checkout. Save $5 on your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com forward slash ARN. Be sure to use the code ARN to save $5. And we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring our podcast and a badass breakfast. Try those new flavors, man. Cinnamon and peanut butter. Come on, let's do it. Magicspoon.com forward slash ARN. Let's, uh, let's talk about the next match. This is the match that everybody thought was the best match on the card. It's Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens. They get plenty of time, uh, 20 minutes and 20 seconds. I think you should go back and watch this one. If you're going to watch one match from this show, I would recommend it be this one. And then the rumble, uh, this gets four and a quarter stars It's for the intercontinental title. It's a last man standing match. I'm curious to see your take on it because they did everything. You know what that means? Chairs, tables. Literally everything fans were into it, but I have a feeling you think maybe they did a little too much. And as a rule, I always think we do too much, right? That's just me. I just, well, you know, we could have saved out of 10 things. We could have saved these three or four for next time, but those guys are professionals. They have an incredible amount of talent, each one of those guys. Uh, Dean Ambrose, that character alone, who has absolutely no order of priorities whatsoever. That's what makes him so interesting. He doesn't know what he's going to do next. The audience doesn't know what he's going to do next. And the, and the most entertaining part is his opponent doesn't know what he's going to do next. And he's very creative. And this is one of those days that, hey, it was for the Intercontinental title. It was the last man standing. That means you got to do something pretty rough to a guy that he can't get up on a 10 count. So they told the story. I was on board with this one being over the top. It was very entertaining. And everyone that said they loved it, it was for a reason because it was awesome. It was awesome. Go out of your way to see it. This is pull out all the stops guys doing what they do best. You know, Tony Khan is all the time saying Dean Ambrose is one of the best two wrestlers in the world. Kevin Owens can steal the show, any show he's on. And they did a great job here. Go out of your way to see this. Uh, maybe you've forgotten about it. It's worth another look. Next up. We've got Kofi and big E retaining the tag titles over the Usos. Pretty good match. Meltzer liked it. Gave it three and a quarter stars. They go 10 minutes and 53 seconds. Xavier Woods is going to debut the new trombone. Let's talk about this for a minute. Is there anything new day? Can't get over. They got over trombones, pancakes, a cereal named bootios, whatever you give these guys, they're going to get it over. And it almost became like 
a challenge. It was like a silly challenge. Like sometimes on sales calls, we get bored at the office and I'll say, okay, guys, whoever can work in the ward seahorse today wins a prize. <laughs> and the first person who works in their mortgage pitch, the word seahorse, I'll buy them lunch or something. Cause we got to entertain ourselves. There's some monotony in the office. You got to keep yourselves entertained. The new day feel like they do that with wrestling. Hey, you think I can get these pancakes over? How can you get pancakes over? Watch. That feels like a catering conversation. Next thing you know, they're throwing fucking pancakes and everybody's talking about it. These guys are like another level of over. Are they not? Well, before we get to them, let me just tell you something. You probably didn't know. See, this is inside information. That is my nickname for Scott Armstrong. What? Seahorse. <laughs> Why is that? Look at him. Okay. I'm Googling him now. Think about it now. Get a picture of him where his hair is long and curly. Okay. And he wet and he wet it. Okay. So we're talking 1990s. We're talking about when I lived with him. Probably no, sir. We're talking about 1984. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I see the, uh, I see it. I'm looking at it. I could see it. I'm with it. And now. I was held responsible by bullet Bob for causing him to lose 30 pounds. Cause I had him out drinking whiskey every night, but that's rumor and speculation. Sure. So he went from, you know, 197, maybe down to one, 170. And with that wet, long, curly hair, just picture it for a second. I'm looking at it. I see the seahorse. I mean, There's you got seahorse there. <laughs> I had no idea that was a nickname, but yeah, new day, man. They're getting everything over, including a freaking trombone boy. When you were coming up thinking about, man, what can I do to get over? Maybe I wear this Yankees hat. Everybody hates the Yankees. I'll get some heat with that. Did using a musical instrument ever cross your mind? My era, if I would have came out and I would have been blowing that trombone Probably 99% of my opponents would have wrapped it around my head. Know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. We, they happened to hit at a time with a company that allowed them to have fun, that allowed them to enjoy some things that hadn't been done in the past. The fact that there was three of them and they were three completely different characters. But the main thing is, they were all great athletes, all three of them. Look at the physiques on, you know, those guys. Look at the, the athletic ability of Kofi. You know, the things that he was able to pull off, like on Royal Rumble Day. Yeah. You know, he set his own, he set his own plate. And every year people would wait to see what Kofi was going to do. And and that's something that's not easily done. But but you know, the guys were having a great time. Big E, I saw squat 850 pounds for like six reps over in Europe. So he was a legitimate monster and, uh, they just all came together at the right time. And, uh, they were allowed to have some fun in the trombone thing, you know, as far fetched as it was worked. Let's, uh, let's go to the next match here. This one is, um, Kalisto and Alberto Del Rio for the U S title. It gets the same ranking as the last one. I don't know why, but I didn't like it as well, but it is an entertaining match. It's three and a quarter stars. 
I guess me and you are just big marks for the Usos, or at least I am, but Kalisto pins Alberto here to regain the U S title. So we get a cool moment here in 11 minutes and 28 seconds. Uh, he's going to hit a tope in the first 90 seconds. So that tells you where we are, but Del Rio is working a smart match going for the mask at one point, which is always fun. Uh, Meltzer would say it's another good match. And he did say there was a botched infrared spot, but if you're taking as many risks as Kalisto does, eventually some of them aren't going to hit. Uh, but I've always thought Kalisto was maybe one of the more underrated in-ring guys there. Um, he does give him a hurricane Rana Del Rio's head hits the exposed metal where the turnbuckle used to be. And then Kalisto hits his finish. And there you go. Three and a quarter stars. Nice to see these guys get a little time, 11 minutes and 28 seconds. What'd you think? Yeah, you know, it was, and it, it, there was a lot of pluses that people, if you go back and watch it, think about it. Alberto was bigger. So you had the bigger heel against the smaller baby face, who was the little, little engine that could. And, you know, Kalisto was one of those guys that was smaller, but as the match went on and he, he used his entire body to attack you, the story got better. And, uh, the fact you had a title switch, you know, when you, when you pay for a pay-per-view, it's nice to have a payoff here and there and have something you didn't expect. And, you know, the payoff was, there was a title switch there and, uh, you know, the finish made sense. So I thought there was a lot of positives in that match. I love your phrase. So I'm going to steal it again. Why did Kalisto get his water cut off? It feels like he's getting a good size push here. I mean, he's the freaking us champ. And it feels like they sort of stopped and started with him a few times, both in tags and now here in singles, uh, any insight as to what may have changed course for him a little bit. Just the fact that there was never enough belief in that, that war room, that room where all the ideas were finalized and all that, there was not an equal distribution of TV time. Right. And, uh, you know, when you got three hours, no guy should be in five segments of a TV show when you have three hours. There's enough time there to spread it around and keep the stories going. And I just think that uh, when it got to TV, it, your TV time got narrowed down and there were fewer beneficiary, beneficiaries of it. And uh, Callisto was one of those guys. I don't think there was ever a situation where they got down on him. I just think that, Okay. We're out of segments, right? Only so much time to go around. Yes, sir. Next up, Stephanie McMahon's out with Paul Heyman, and she's agreed to renegotiate Brock Lesnar's contract. If he takes Roman reigns out and if they're willing to do that, why would they willingly put reigns in the main event on the next show? That's Meltzer's commentary, but a little hole in the logic, I guess. Let's talk about the next match though. It's for the divas title. This is right before we're dropping the divas belt. Of course, that year in Dallas, they would debut the new women's title and that was probably an overdue change. Don't you think Arn? I mean, now that it's the women's revolution, let's drop the T the diva stuff. Let's just call it the women's title. You want to put them on the same plane deservedly. So as the man spice everything up to where it matches the man's title. They're the same opportunities that the men get. And the fact is, you know, it's not a diva's title anymore. It's a women's championship. Next up, we get uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch. They go 11 minutes and 40 seconds. Charlotte wins and retains the title. Meltzer was high on it. He says this was probably the best Divas match on a pay-per-view in recent memory. And if not, definitely was the one with the best crowd reaction. 
It was the first time where it appeared that they attempt to make the women more serious with the working. A ton of credit has to go with Lynch, who people really want to see as a face win the title. Charlotte is also far better off right now as a heel, even though nobody wants to boo Ric Flair. Uh, so he breaks down the match from there, but, uh, this is still the era where they've got Rick accompanying Charlotte to the ring. At one point he's going to kiss, uh, Becky Lynch and Meltzer would say that was notable because in the past, when spots like that have been suggested, Vince McMahon was adamantly against them. Do you remember there being some pushback on there being a flair being a kiss stealing son of a gun? Well, I, I don't remember the spot exactly. If was it a situation where it looked like he grabbed Becky and forced the kiss on her? Well, I mean, he's done it a few times over the years, but it's funny that, you know, it's even in the observer that maybe he's not for that, but I mean, here they are on TV now in 20, you know, five years later, still doing something like that with Lacey. I do like his commentary though, that Charlotte's better suited as a heel. I've always thought Charlotte was best as a heel. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Let me just put a blanket statement out there. <clears throat> Whoever thought Charlotte had to have Rick ringside to get over. Yeah. was so short-sighted. Yeah. She's never needed Rick to get over. Rick has never needed anybody in his corner to get over when he was performing at his peak. Charlotte is incredible as are many of the women, but she, that character is here. Here it is. She's herself. She does think she's the queen. She is a flair. She looks at her heritage as putting her in as the, at the top of the heap, no matter what her quality of work matches her ego. She can go out and back it up, you know, and uh, she has all these things going for her. She does not need Rick as a prop, has never needed him as a prop. And sometimes things would go into a match and get forced in there and wedged in there to just get a reaction. But when you look back at the story, you didn't need it. And uh, anytime you've got Rick ringside, if you're trying to push Charlotte as a heel, Rick's going to get a lot of positive reactions. The wooing cannot be prevented. And you know what that comes across as positive reaction, right? So you're, you're button heads during the course of a match, trying to get heat on Becky, but everybody in the building's wooing. Yeah. You know, those are mistakes that you gotta, you gotta talk about. You gotta go, Hey guys, they don't need this. Yeah. But when you get a chance to get Ric Flair on the show, you know, it's always a positive. Yeah, it is a positive, but don't put someone else's success, you know, necessarily aligned with having Rick in the corner because she definitely doesn't need it. Never has. Adfreeshows.com the fastest growing wrestling community on the planet wants you to be part of the family. You know that you have been considering it for a while now. You already enjoy the content Conrad, Eric, Bruce, Tony, JR, and Arn put out on a weekly basis. So take the plunge. Sign up today to see and hear your favorite podcasts on video, join interactive experiences with past and current wrestlers, and start building friendships with people just like you. Dax Harwood from the FTR sat down with Arn Anderson for a live interactive event with our top guys just a few short days ago. 
And here is a peek into some of what you could be witnessing live once you make that choice. And we got the tag belts only. I can, I've never said this before. This is just to you guys. The only reason we got the tag belts was to make Enzo and Cass stars. That's it. And then somewhere along the way, Hunter decided, he, he, he said, man, these guys are great. He became fans of me and Cash. Um, and then so he gave us a little more focus. We didn't drop the tag belts to Enzo and Cass, you know, at, at London or at Roadblock. Um, he let us keep them. And we primed them, not because of our efforts, but because of all four of our efforts, we primed them for the main roster. And they went to the main roster. If that's not good enough, what better way to kick off your Royal Rumble weekend than joining us now so that you can be a part of Mike Kyoto's Royal Rumble Watch Along event. It's Saturday, January 30th at noon Eastern time as we watch John Cena, Brock Lesnar, and Seth Rollins in a triple threat match from Royal Rumble 2015. That's right. You watch the event with Mike, then hang around for a Q&A session where he answers your questions. So what are you waiting on? Join the family. Go to adfreeshows.com right now and gain immediate access to everything mentioned and so much more. Of course, all ad-free. So sign up now and become part of the fastest-growing wrestling community today at adfreeshows.com. I totally agree. Let's talk about the finish of the match. Charlotte gets the pin after a spear and then Sasha Banks comes out and the crowd explodes. They are really ready for Charlotte versus banks. Uh, but instead, uh, banks does a tease that she's going to join Charlotte by attacking Becky Lynch and kicking her out of the ring, clearly trying to make herself a heel, but the crowd doesn't care here. They're still with her. And then banks and Charlotte act like they're friends and they're both smiling and their arms are together. And of course, Becky then, or banks then attacks Charlotte from behind nails, the backstabber puts her in the bank statement. Charlotte's tapping out. It's not a match, but she's showing and proving that, Hey, I can take this belt anytime I want. The crowd is hugely behind Sasha and they're cheering her. She's holding up the belt. Meltzer gave it three and a quarter stars. The, the match was good, but the post-match was great, especially the crowd reaction. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah. And you know, the beauty of it, nobody's a baby face and nobody's a heel until it all shakes out. Sasha did something rotten, but she did it to a heel and people believed in Sasha. And she had that, she had that, uh, twist to her character that, you know, she was vicious, even though she was a baby face, she wasn't like Becky who, who the audience loved. She was an ass kicker that the audience loved. And so when it was all said and done, you really didn't know, you know, the only thing you really knew was that these three girls don't like each other and the competition level just went through the roof. Let's, uh, let's talk about the next match here. It's the rumble match. And, um, the big surprise, of course, AJ styles, I know you knew it was coming, but were you surprised with the reaction? Because the fans knew who he was and they were ready for it. Nope. There are other things in this world than WWE. Yeah. And AJ Styles had had a tremendous career up until this point. Been around the world, had gained his uh, notoriety, and had gotten over universally. And when he came out, it was one of those things that you thought you might never see. 
and we're a little bit down about that. And all of a sudden you do get it. Everybody's not on, you know, the internet. Everybody's not on social media. Everybody didn't know he was going to be there of your audience. And right. if you're sitting home on your couch and you did not have a clue, you hadn't heard a word out comes AJ styles. That's why I buy the rumble. There is your selling point for the rumble. What's going to happen during the course of this thing. It's going to make my teeth fall out. And that was one of them. It was a great moment. There's a lot of great moments in this one. Uh, everybody's waiting for the Kofi Kingston spot. Of course, this year it happens when he's eliminated, but lands on the shoulders of Big E. really good stuff. Uh, of course, in the end, triple H wins the rumble. It takes 61 minutes, 42 seconds. Uh, Roman was out first. Of course, he's our champ and he's booed. Uh, the, all the big stars are here. Rusev, uh, even stardust is here. Jericho's in there. Uh, this is a fun, a fun rumble. And it was fun watching it back this week. We got to see Luke Harper again, which is obviously something near and dear to all of us right now. Uh, Kevin Owens is ultimately the guy who eliminates AJ styles and the crowd boos that one heavily. And they start chanting AJ styles. I realize at this point you had to make a decision before you went into this of who's going to win and, and, and who's going on to WrestleMania. They ultimately, since they know Cena's not going to be at their disposal, uh, air on the side of triple H and he's sort of the backup guy. Uh, he's even said recently in an interview, I'm always Vince's plan B and backup plan. The idea being whenever you need me, I'll be here. But in hindsight, would it have been a huge deal? It seems like it would have been if AJ styles is a surprise entrant and unbelievably wins. Can you think of a better way to debut than winning the freaking Royal rumble? Oh my God. No, would have been incredible. And it would have, it would have sure helped you on that path to getting Roman where he needed to be, which was a years long struggle. Yeah. You see where he is right now. Yeah. Go back to our first conversation about Roman, whenever that was you yeah. and I, Yeah. what did I tell you he should be? Who did I tell you he really was and where we were really fumbling? Yeah. Boy, with that, you know, now we walk into WrestleMania, AJ Styles challenging uh, Roman Reigns or Roman Reigns challenging him for the title. Roman would have failed at the Rumble, right? Yeah. AJ Styles would have won. Yep. Now Roman is the challenger. Don't you put him in a hell of a position to uh, be a come out of that thing a heel? Yes couple of mistakes were made during the body of that match when you when you got Roman beat down and then you took him out on a gurney and he gets off of the gurney but he's not been eliminated but instead of heading back to the ring he heads to the back that felt a little funky to me if you think about it yeah is he looking for a rest period right is he what is he doing in the back why does he not re-engage in the fight? That's not what a hero uh, does. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to roll off of that gurney immediately, if you got to crawl back to the ring, re-engage yeah. him disappearing back through the back, just, it's just a mistake. Right. It's just, it was just buying, be honest with you when it was getting put together, it was probably just buying time to work their way towards the spot towards the end. That's all that was. <laughs> And nobody spoke up and said, hey, but yeah, doesn't that make Roman look so-and-so? If you're trying to make him a heel, yeah. 
head him to the back, let him rest as long as he can. Uh, also, dear, you know, during that match, this is one of the things that went, you know, and I know people look at me and go, oh man, you're an old timer. You know, why you want to, why do you want to make it so logical? It's not a, it's not a logical business. Well, when people come back down that have been eliminated from the Royal Rumble and they come down and they assist in eliminating another guy, but they're already out of the match. How can you wrap your head around that being legal, plausible, all those things? See what I'm saying? Yeah. They're getting eliminated by guys that have already been eliminated or aren't even in the rumble. And if that is acceptable, here's my point. Here's where I want to hammer the nail. If that's excess, you know, if that is okay to do, then why isn't every guy that is getting eliminated? Why is he just accepting that and going to the back? Doesn't that make him less of a competitor? Doesn't that prize look a little bit weaker? In his eyes, if everybody's not trying it. It's hard to argue, man. You know, it's, um, am I overthinking this thing? Am I putting no. too much logic no. onto it? No, even Meltzer wrote the idea that they didn't want him to appear weak by being taken out on a stretcher. The idea was he showed toughness by getting off the stretcher and refusing to give them the satisfaction, but that was never explained to the fans. And this was the reaction from many people who were casual fans. He was able to get off the stretcher. So why did he walk to the back instead of to the ring? Fans have been conditioned forever for the walk to the back to be the heel coward move. If anything, they should have done a cutaway of the doctors taping him up and refusing to let him return and him returning anyway. Even though the reaction to Reigns has improved greatly in recent weeks, he was booed during this match. But after all that, he was booed considerably more when he returned at the 51 minute 26 mark and fans cheered him. Our fans cheered when triple H eliminated him at 59 51. So yeah, it's a misstep and it feels like, man, if it wasn't for bad luck, they'd have no luck at all with how to book Roman reigns. But in the end, it doesn't matter. Triple H is now the 14 time world champion. Uh, of course the end game is going to be the big coronation of Roman reigns at WrestleMania at AT AT&T stadium. Uh, but they've been trying to get this to happen for years at this point. And it just feels like it's one misstep after another. Uh, in hindsight, if you had to play armchair quarterback with the benefit of hindsight, would you have had AJ go over or would, did somebody else make sense here? Well, you brought it up for, I had never even thought about that, but that'd be the biggest thing that could have happened. You know, first of all, triple H has been around and being used good enough and is a good enough performer and has came back from injuries and it has always been the mix. You know, he's become one of the faces of WWE. Uh, and, uh, the fact is he really wasn't a heel, right? When he won that match, he was just an iconic figure that had already been the world champion 13 times that became 14, right? Yep. He's somebody that the audience respects because he's earned their respect over these years. You know, I'm not sure that, that he was at the bigger baby face in that scenario. If the goal was to help get Roman into a more baby face role, that wouldn't have been the guy to do it. Um, it's a little bit confusing, but 
you know, hey, I've always said people have tried to fix something that was not broke. Roman Reigns is an ass-kicking Samoan who goes out and can perform, who has personality, who has a great look. And if he opens his mouth, look at his promos now, it is one or two lines that you go, Jesus, that guy's cold. Yeah. It's who he should have always been. And he should have came out of that match same way. Let's just say if we take our booking genius and a step forward though, but if you want another, if you want another uh, step, AJ Styles did win that rumble. Get your full celebration to where the audience feels like, man, that is so cool. And they're getting ready to leave and, Roman is getting ready to leave the ring or AJ Roman has already left the ring and AJ bails out then Roman, because he is a bitter son of a bitch kicks the shit out of AJ styles, just as you're going off the air. Now you got something fresh the next day. You got something to put on raw. That's brand new. And you do not like what Roman has done. You start the wheels of getting him straightened out right there. Right. Well, let's get to some questions. You guys had plenty of questions for us. There's no way we'll get to them all. Uh, Matt wants to know, seeing as Rusev finally put on some boots, who was the best to ever do it barefoot? Snooker. Oh, there you go. Uh, Ken's, probably, probably no contest. Ken wants to know, why do you think a guy like AJ debuted on the main roster, but someone like Samoa Joe, who was just as experienced had to go to NXT. Well, I, I think NXT became something other than just, I know it did, it became its own brand. Once they were, you know, acquired television and, and they did go out and start taking, you know, indie performers and hiring and bringing them in, in a featured role and letting some of the more experienced guys come into NXT and stay there for a while. And, you know, finish the fact that, uh, you know, learn to use the television, learn to work to the hard camera, all the rules that you had to, with WWE, you know, once those guys were brought in and they had that platform, NXT was no longer a training facility or a single a deal. It was the third brand. And, uh, so when some guys were brought in by Hunter to, to that brand, it was not looked at like they were being great. It was just let them, let's, let's get this talent positioned, Let's get NXT up and running as that third brand, and it will be all on equal footing. We got another question here that's going to make you laugh. Maverick Mike wants to know whose call was it to fuck up AJ's entrance? Why did they stay on Roman's face instead of the stage? That you know that has been discussed a lot. That even when you're debuting your new hot talent, that's going to pop the crowd and he's going to be one of your top guys, rather than just focus on him walking out. Got to make it about Roman. Well, and that's one of the, one of those things that you saw. And I, quite frankly, I didn't remember, right? you know, but, but, you know, wrestling fans that watch that show remembered obviously. And it was another mistake with Roman. It was push Roman down everybody's throat at all costs. It doesn't matter what's going on or let's, let's talk about 
Okay. Who's coming to the ring? Should we make this as big as we can? Okay. No, get your initial reaction and go back to the guy that we want to be the star. And it was all about what was wanted instead of what was happening. Alan wants to know, did you have a chance to talk to AJ before he made his debut? I did not. I did not. I didn't know AJ, uh, at all. I had met him. You know, he had had a tryout with WCW and I'd followed his career, obviously. Um, but I, I really didn't know AJ at all. So he would have been, uh, just, you know, another one of the boys that I knew about that would finally made it to the show. Here's a fun one from, um, Owen. Were you in gorilla when the Royal rumble match was going on? And if so, what was Vince's reaction when AJ debuted and had a big reaction? Um, I wasn't in at gorilla. I was somewhere else because gorilla would have been full. Uh, I would say this before we get, you know, way past it and I forget about it. The minds that go into producing a Royal rumble match, it takes several. Yeah. It's not a one guy show. And I think Jamie Noble guys like Jamie and, and Dean Malenko were guys that put a lot of work into that it, you know it's usually started the week before uh say on a wednesday or a thursday guys fly into the city where the rumble is and you have a crew of three or four producers and of course the writing team and all those guys and it's a you know to have a match that's an hour and 15 minutes or whatever it can be takes a lot of brilliant minds and jamie noble's one of those brilliant minds that never gets credit Dean Malenko was one of those guys that, that, that never gets credit. You know, you're always going to have Michael Hayes sitting up there calling that match. You know, Michael's been there a long time. He's like the head guy. He's just the guy that calls the rumble usually. So I think some of these other guys that put a lot of work into it, a lot of creativity should get some credit. And that's a couple of those guys. Well, we got a couple of questions for you next week. It's hashtag ask Arn anything. Of course, that's what we do every other week. We throw you guys to the keys to the show and, uh, we're going to keep that going next week here. If you've got a question for us, fire it off right now. It's at the Arn show. Uh, and as a reminder, you get all these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. We've had an absolute blast. We're cranking out lots of extra bonus content over there. Uh, we're doing a book club right now talking about the nitro book from guy Evans, which is fantastic. We've also announced that we're going to be doing a long form sit down interview with Jim Crockett. It's so long that we're breaking it up into two different parts. And, uh, we've even found something extra special, a little Easter egg that we're going to showcase there for you. I don't want to spill the beans yet, but stay tuned. And we've got a, a major announcement coming this Thursday. There will be another podcast coming to ad free shows and here to Westwood one. Uh, so don't you dare miss that. Keep up with all your news and notes about what's going on though. And ask Arn any question you want at the Arn show on Twitter in two weeks. We'll be back to talk about the follow-up pay-per-view from this Royal rumble. It's fast lane 2016. Uh, we've got lots of fun stuff planned later in the year. We're going to hit up the initial super brawl. We're going to talk about great American bash from 86. Uh, we're going to hit both, uh, Charlotte and Greensboro. Uh, of course we've got lots of 2016 stuff, uh, some old fall brawls coming. It's going to be a fun year here on the Arn show. And we greatly appreciate your support. Uh, the easiest way to support the show is to subscribe over to adfreeshows.com or to pick up a shirt over at arnshirts.com. Until next time, he is at the Arn Show. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. And as a reminder, listen to the Enforcer. You're going to get a spine buster. Wear a mask.
Be good to each other. We'll see you next week right here on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.